0: Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Sports Cast, where two college students discuss all things Pittsburgh sports all year round. This is episode seven. Uh, my name is Ryan.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And uh, today, Chris, uh, why don't we introduce, we have for the first time ever in the Pittsburgh Cast a special guest. So Chris, why don't you introduce him?
1: Yeah, so we have a special guest, a friend of ours from college. His name is Andrew. He is an avid baseball fan, I believe, a New York Yankees fan. Um, This is going to be primarily a baseball um, podcast, so we thought it would be a good idea to bring his opinion on, since we've had a couple episodes already ranting about baseball, so we thought it would be a good idea to get a third voice in and give his opinions. So, Andrew, why don't you say a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, so... um go to college with Chris and Ryan obviously I am a New York Yankees fan so I do lo- I do I will root for the Pirates though if I go to a game it's nice that it stinks that they're not in the same um division or league because then I'd be able to go to more Yankees Pirates games but it's only like every four years but I will root for the Pirates but yes I'm a Yankees fan I I'm from up north of Pittsburgh. So, let's get rolling.
0: Yep. Uh, so, today we're going to start out uh, by talking a little bit about the MLB draft, of course. It was uh, significantly shortened. Uh, only five rounds this year, which has seen a lot of complaints about that. Um, especially the $20,000 signing uh contract for those who declared work but went undrafted. Lots of controversy there. But the Pirates had six picks in the 2020 MLB draft. Uh they got started out uh number seven overall and they managed to pick up the uh the leader uh the batting leader in the NCAA from New Mexico State shortstop Nick gonzalez um chris uh, andrew i really i think i really like this pick at first um i was kind of hesitant because i really wanted them to take a picture a pitcher as their top as their first pick but this was actually the only position player the pirates took and he was probably the best player available and i know we have a we have a few decent middle infield prospects but i think this This prospect might have the potential to kind of transcend those guys. So I think that's really nice. It's also nice to have a bat at shortstop, a typical defensive-minded position. So your thoughts?
1: Well, here here are some initial thoughts. I'm doing some, like, you know, beginning research. Um, He hasn't played a lot of shortstop, actually. He's more of a second baseman. Um... He has some experience at short, but the majority of his time came at second base. Um, there was a guy I forget his name, and I forgive me for that. But he said um, Gonzalez is is as close to being an MLB ready prospect as you as you can get. In the NCAA, he played with an aluminum bat, which is you know um, kind of. You know, it gives you an advantage, right? He went down in the Coastal League, I think, for a season or two and tore it up with a wood bat. He, um, the writer said his idea of the strike zone is impeccable. Um, he said there's some MLB veterans who don't have the knowledge of the strike zone that this kid has. Um, so I think that's a positive. The The only issue I have is that, and it's an MLB issue primarily not necessarily a pirate issue is it takes so long to develop your prospects right if you take a first round draft pick let's take the Steelers first round draft pick this year we did we didn't have one the second round draft picked in Chase Claypool he's gonna get first team snaps this year he's gonna get some red zone time he's gonna get some playing time with Ben and the starters and you know primarily You know, it works that way in the NHL and NBA as well. But with the MLB, it just seems like you draft a player in a year and then you don't see him for another four or five years. And when you're the Pirates, who are primarily awful, right, and are rebuilding once again, it just seems like, it's hard to get excited over draft picks that you know you won't see for another four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, cause like,
2: um, uh, this is a good, this is a great example that I use a lot when talking about Aaron Judge, cause I'm an Yankees fan. He's he had breakout season to the, and he's only played um a few years now, and. He's 28 already, so he's already been with the organization for um, three, four years going up through the minor league system before he even got um, major league time. And he's one of the best players currently in the MLB. So, yeah, it's definitely MLB um, minor league is definitely much more different than I would say all the other big sports leagues like NFL doesn't really even have a minor league they just have smaller leagues that aren't really affiliated with the NFL and then NBA has like the G League and stuff but that's not even it's not as extensive there's not as many teams it's not as big Not as many players so I definitely agree it'll be it'll be interesting how they to see how they use them
0: definitely yeah, be, uh, yeah, I I know I know it is is often frustrating that draft picks take a while to develop in the minor leagues. Um, Obviously the one I can point out to that didn't take too long was Garrett Cole who was drafted one overall in 2011 and then um, basically two years after he got drafted made his debut in June of 2013 but that's more of an exception to the norm. I mean you don't come across a Garrett Cole um, every draft
1: But here's my my question. Like, I understand if you're coming straight from high school, right? And you're like some 18-year-old kid. I understand spending years in the minors, right? Because it's your first time with professional baseball. And you're going to need that time to develop. But when you're like... Because this kid was a senior. So, granted, his season got canceled this year. But he's played about three years of NCAA baseball. And then he's played, I think, a year or two at least a season in the Coastal League, right? So, why does he need to get thrown down in, like, the Grapefruit League? Why don't at least put him in double or triple A just to see, because he's had that high-level talent experience, unlike the 18-year-old coming from out of high school, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make sense to me.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah.
2: yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. I think, um, yeah, it's hard, because... College baseball is – or baseball in general is – I think between college baseball and MLB, it's – there's – like, the talent level is different, but the game isn't as much different as, like, say – like, college football is very different from the NFL. Like, you can be a Heisman Trophy winner we've seen. You You can win the Heisman in college, and then you can absolutely be horrible in the NFL. But I think it usually, if you're really good in the um, in college, you'll usually do pretty well, whether it be Double A, Triple A, maybe even the minors. um, Once you get into MLB, so yeah, I don't know. Since he's already a senior, and it would make sense to at least get him into Double A, like right away. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's
0: that was my thing because I don't even think was Garrett Cole a senior when he was drafted.
1: No, I think he was a junior.
0: Yeah, so I, I I think they should uh definitely, especially because he's had he's been crushing it with wood bats because typically um even players that pass through college will spend time in uh single A or so uh just to get accustomed to hitting wood bats every day. Um obviously with the with the bat changes and the BB core standard and a myriad of other rules they have applied to aluminum and/or composite bats. It's a not as drastic of a change, but it's still a change.
2: Yes, yes. It's definitely coming from personal experience. Um, going from like I played Legion baseball in high school, so I'd have my high school season rate. It would go from March to end of. May early June and then I'd play travel which was metal bats but in between um travel I'd play legion which they use wood bats for American legion baseball and it's definitely a difference um I would say I I wasn't never a power hitter so I can't really attest to hitting home runs versus fly balls but even those like if you hit a metal bat you might hit a hard ground ball that will get through the infield, but if you're using a wood bat, it's going to go to like the second baseman for an easy play. So it's definitely a it's definitely a change. Not a completely like doesn't change your swing as much, but it definitely changes the difference between what certain hits will be a hit versus a out. So. Definitely. So yeah, I think uh, I th- I think I
0: really like this pick. Um, obviously. New general manager really need to make some good picks to get off on the right foot, especially considering the lack of moves he made in the offseason one way or the other. So I think this is a much needed boost for the morale of the management here that they got. Nick Gonzalez, who uh, I seldom saw any complaints about this man, which is very rare among the Pirates fan base. So that's always good. And... I mentioned earlier that uh, I was kind of initially kind of so-so on the pick because he wasn't a pitcher, but then with our next, with our last five picks, uh, we took all pitchers. Uh, first, in the first pick of the supplemental round, uh, first round, we took uh, Cameron or Carmen Lajinsky, uh from South Carolina. He was ranked as the number twenty-seven best available in the draft Um, and he got uh, picked at 31 so a bit of a steal there Uh, then we took with number 44 in the second round uh, Jared Jones from La Miranda in California he's a he's a high schooler um, and there are reports that he's committed to uh, Texas so there is quite a chance that he will not sign so that was kind of a questionable pick uh, but with the number 79 pick, we have Nick Garcia. And with 108, Jack Hartman in the fourth round. And we closed it off in the fifth round. Pick number 138, Logan Hoffman. All pitchers. Um, Nick Garcia uh, from Chapman. Uh, not sure if that's a high school or a college. I think it's a, might be a D3 or something. Um, but the last two picks were from college. Jack Hartman from App State. Logan Hoffman from Northwestern State. So, that's the Pirates draft.
1: Um, definitely like they took pitchers. What about you guys? Well, I have another question. Obviously, we needed pitching because pitching for the Pirates does not exist at the moment. Um, as we've talked about extensively in this podcast, the lack of pitching talent anywhere in this organization is mind-boggling, to be honest. Um, but, okay, so take our second first round pick the dude's committed to play for texas now you're a team that's rebuilding why do you risk wasting a draft pick on a kid who may turn you down to play college baseball like don't don't they interview people and to be like hey you're going to college i probably shouldn't draft you in my first round because there's a potential you go to texas because that is what you declared like do people not think about this
2: yeah, I'm not yeah it definitely seems weird that they would do that because one, you're wasting the pick, you have to go through um everything to get him drafted and then it's just all for nothing. It seems very counterintuitive to do
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, uh just to clarify, this was our second round pick that's going to Texas.
1: Uh Jared Jones. But this kind of point it, still it, stands. What? I said the point still stands though.
0: Yeah, I yeah. get. But uh, it kind of reminds me of uh our 2012 first round pick. Now we had uh, an 8 overall, uh we picked uh, of course we picked Mark Appel. and um, he was our first round pick and yet he did not sign. So it kind of reminds me of that we wait, we basically wasted our 2012 first round pick on a guy that didn't sign. Obviously we got a comp pick, but nothing will compare to number eight overall. Um, Luckily, we picked uh, a college senior with our first round pick this year, so he's definitely gonna be with us. Um, But yeah, I think that's the only pick that I'm kind of questionable on. Uh, Also, that we didn't pick a catcher because that's another position that we have been lacking, uh, both at the top and in the farm system. Uh, but all else being said, uh, I can I can say that I'm satisfied with this draft. Honestly, probably probably a B plus if I had to give it a grade.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really do like our first round draft pick. I think he has probably the best potential. Obviously, he's the first round draft pick out of everyone. But the pitchers, you know. We'll see. We've had issues developing, um, pitchers in recent years. Now, granted, that was under the old regime. Um, so we do have a new regime, so maybe they can develop, uh, players better. Um, but we did need pitchers, because like I said before, um, we don't have any anywhere at this point in time. Um, so it would be good to hopefully get get some pitchers into the organization, into the system, see if we can develop them. Um, but yeah, I think a, a B plus. Like I'm kind of with it. I would have liked to see us get a catcher because apparently we can only sign catchers for $2.5 million who bat under 200 Um I don't know why, but that's all we should sign. Yeah, I, re- um, I, re- could- I really thought we could... Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Um, yeah, so that's really my only only issue with it. Again, a lot of this is going to come down to development. It seems like, again, baseball players, for whatever reason, can't tell you the reason, can't pinpoint the reason. But it seems like they need more development than other athletes. Um, I, like I said, I don't know what the reason is, um, but it just seems like they tend to need more development. So, like I said, now we got these draft picks in. Now it's really just about um, the this new regime really developing the players into something like halfway decent.
2: <laughs> I think, um, with the saying like the thing about baseball players needing more development, I think baseball is so much more of a skill um sport than a talent sport. You definitely need to have talent and um people like Bryce Harper that can just crush home runs if you throw it down the middle like that's just straight talent but there's a lot more like if you are fast and strong you can probably be a pretty good running back even if you might not have the talent per se or you you might have a ton of talent you might not have the skills per se to um be someone like a Le'Veon Bell who has um, more skills to cut um, holes and stuff. You can just be really strong and um, fast and you can still be a good running back and say the NFL. Um, so I think that would be one of the, you. That's why I, th- I think also you see a lot more NFL and NBA players. It'll, it'll be they're in one year in college and then they're in pro sports right off the bat or, and now you're seeing they're going right to pro sports overseas or, Right into the G League. Whereas in baseball, you definitely see more players going all four years to college rather than only being one year in college before they go to pro sports.
0: Yeah. And I think another reason why it could take so many years of development is because if you look at baseball, I think there's a lot more of a psychological and mental aspect to baseball as compared to other sports. So that I think could be another reason why they're is more it takes more time to develop an athlete especially if you're coming out of high school into a major league player because uh if you look at other sports like say football or basketball uh, when you say someone has basketball or football iq in that sport it's generally you know because their knowledge is unique as compared to other players but in baseball i think you you really have to have baseball IQ if you even want to get to the major leagues. You can't run. You can't just get by on talent alone. Unlike say football or basketball, you can't just be good enough. You also have to have the right you know the right mental standpoint, and you have to be able to know your situations obviously, and be able to see certain pitches.
1: I- obviously. So. slightly disagree I think when you're talking we're just gonna use the football analogy right I think it depends on the position like if you're playing quarterback oh yeah like you, you need a high IQ I mean football IQ if you're Definitely. playing like the linebackers or the back end I think you need one as well because let's be real if you are alignment in reality you just stand up and, and knock down the guy in front of you. Okay. but if you're like a safety think about if you're a safety you're out there, you're the linebacker corner hybrid there are times when you gotta recognize it's a run play and you gotta slam and sprint in order to stop the running back there are times you gotta be hella back because you got Megatron up in here <laughs> Um, if you're not familiar with football uh, future Hall of Fame wide receiver who played for Detroit Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Um, that if he's back there, then you gotta be double-teaming him all day. Even triple-teams didn't work in his prime, right? And depending on zone, man-to-man, man, if you're an inside linebacker, you know you gotta get the calls out to everyone. So I think with football, it really depends on the position. Because some positions, you just gotta be smart in order to figure out how to play it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying that with baseball... There's every single position, I should say, specifically with hitting, I think, and being able to, you know, see and read different pitches and know when to swing, when to not swing in the count. Um, And when you were talking about quarterbacks, I think that quarterbacks at safeties, I think you could best equate that to, like, pitchers and catchers in terms of, like, what you said. But I think overall, I think baseball is uh probably one of the more psychological sports but yeah I'm not disputing that you need IQ to play other sports but I just think
2: baseball is kind of a bit more above but yeah yeah I could agree with that I think I think that's one of the aspects that of um, professional sports that people don't realize is how um, much you have it's the game is in your head how much you have to be thinking every play and if you take off a play um it could cost you a the game basically say you have a um runner on third base and as a shortstop you have to field the ball and make the play if you make one little mental mistake on not paying attention to fielding the ball or you make the bad throw that could be the cost of the game i don't think people realize how um smart i guess professional athletes are compared to say a high school athlete it's just such a the talent and the mental um ability of players is just so much greater once you reach pro sports I think that's one of the reasons um not I mean obviously physical physically they're so much bigger and stronger but also mentally they're so much more adapt I think would be a, a good word to be able to make s- those split second decisions um in the middle of the game so
1: just the- I th-
2: go ahead Oh, sorry. Just just listening to, like, J.J. Watt talk about, like, getting to the QB. Like, the amount of, like, how much his mind is thinking. Like, he's just not running straight at the QB and trying to tackle him. Like, he is thinking of, okay, which way can I go? Which hole can I hit this time? Um, which way can I use my arms? Which way can I use my legs to get around this guy? Um. Should I back up this time? Should I really go full force? So I think it's just the like listening to him talk. Like it's just you can learn so much from pro athletes on how they think and everything.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing that separates that I think is is adjustments within the game. I think is so much more prevalent in the professional game. Um, I remember a story. I think it was from last season where the Steelers were playing the Browns. And the Browns were having a had a good first half running the football or doing whatever they were doing. And Mike Tallman Lou Jamlin, walked in the locker room, got a whiteboard out, got a marker, pulled his defense in and started drawing up and said, Boys, this is how we fix it. Put the marker down and said, Go do it now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do think I do think especially the advent of game film and modern technology has also accelerated the development of intelligence in these in professional sports because you know it's almost you know it's it's almost so deep and and the depth and breadth of new information available i mean there's a whole category i mean obviously baseball has sabermetrics and it could take you a lifetime to go through every stat they have now plus with the Statcast era, now you have even more metrics. You know, who'd have thunk ten y- or ten, twenty years ago we'd be talking about launch angles, exit velocities, uh, route efficiency, spin rate, all these things, and it's just it just keeps exponentially growing the depth and breadth of knowledge both available and expressed by players and all kinds of professional sports. It really is incredible
1: it is it is now we're gonna close that discussion on the mlb draft and development of of players into more of a wide um look at the mlb as there is a new proposal um along with some unique comments we'll say made by the commissioner mr manfred so i think we'll get into those type of discussions now I have John Heyman's Twitter, I believe. Um, he is an insider at MLB Network. Um, read you a couple tweets that he's had within the last hour. Um, so we start with this one. MLB counterproposal to players is expected today. Sides likely to have about five days or so to do a deal before MLB would implement the shortest season, which we'll get into with Manfred's comments later. Then, um, from about an hour ago, 15 minutes ago to be exact, MLB expected to make a 72-game proposal today to players for more than 80% of pro-rated pay if there's a pro season. MLB also expected to significantly raise the percent from 50% in the event the postseason has been canceled. MLB has removed the tiered pay system it originally proposed and raised the percentage of pay, especially in the event the postseason has to be canceled. But the changes have been incremental. There's no confidence players will accept and no evidence they'll move off full prorated pay. And then this tweet is from Carl Ravich um who is the ESPN baseball and tonight um MLB uh I guess host. Um he says sources tell me MLB counter proposal today will move towards a season of roughly seventy plus games with the salary percentage on the eighty eighty five percent pro rate scale. Player pool bonus will be included. His concern or my concern Are the recent spikes in COVID-19? Worst case would be to start the season and then stop. What would happen then? So those are two insiders' tweets on what the proposal looks like, some of their fear and thoughts. Open up to you guys for discussion. Well,
0: for me, I think... I think this is really on the owners who are basically trying to propose the same offer to the players and expecting it's all, it's you know, the classic definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. In this case, it's the same thing veiled as something different. Um, so, really, all that they're doing is changing the amount of games based on the amount of time they have available obviously the number of games will shrink as time passes Uh, but basically in terms of total pay um, as a percentage of what they would normally get on a full season the owners are proposing that the players get 25 or 35 around 35 percent of that Um, whether that is you know 70 skim games with 80 percent or 80 games with 75% or any sort of combination of pay it all adds up to 35% even down to the even down to the option that they want to propose but haven't officially at the 50 game 100% prorated that would be about 30 to 35%. So it's really the same deal, uh, but they just change up a couple of the numbers. But in the end of the day, uh, it's the same result. So I don't have optimism for the players to accept this. Uh, The owners don't want 100% prorated, even though they agreed to it in March. Um, Frankly, I think this is going to come down to Commissioner Manfred and whether he has the guts to do what we're going to talk about later. Andrew, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, it's definitely... It's hard because I understand both sides where the, the owners obviously don't want to lose all this money. They're, they're saying um, they're going to lose however millions of dollars every game that they play without fans, which I think some of their numbers were a little exaggerated. At the same time, I see where the players are coming from. They don't want to – you don't want to play for um, – say say you go in – is this – might be a bad example. Say you go into a job and you get paid $20 an hour and then something happens with the work and they say, you're going to have to come in and you only, you're going to do the exact same thing. You only get paid $10 an hour. You, every, any person would be like, what? No, that's not fair. I'm not going to do the same work. But I think it's hard because from a, um, fan looking in you're like okay these players are making millions of dollars to play a game they should be they shouldn't be complaining about um, taking cuts but I think that's also a very selfish way to look at things and that these players still have um, it's still their um, way that they're making money and to basically say you're not going to get this money that you've already been guaranteed, or they've, you've been told that you're going to get, and then all of a sudden it's going to be cut, even though you have to go out and perform you're expected to perform the same way. It's definitely an interesting, it's, it's definitely an interesting, I guess, argument that they're having right now. I definitely see both sides. I'm not sure what the best solution is, but yeah.
1: Okay, so let's play this game then. Um, well, I'm gonna ask you two questions first. So Andrew, Ryan and I on a previous episode had have kinda discussed, you know, who we have to blame for the for the lockout not lockout, but lack of season. Um, so my first question to you is who do you put the blame on? Is it more owners or more players? And then for both of you, and then I'll answer at the end, um if you're the commissioner slash MLBPA, you can pick which one. What would do you think would be an acceptable um, compromise, right? Because it looks like, you know, there are they're two ends of the spectrum on the other opposite ends, obviously. But it, let's say someone came to you and said, you know, Andrew and Ryan, what you say goes. What would be a good compromise in your two's opinion? Uh, so I guess... um.
2: For me, I would. I think the owners definitely um, have some a partial blame in that they're they're cutting. I think they're definitely cutting. Like the if they're gonna have a shortened season, I do think that they should be paid the maximum amount because those players are are, if you have if you're doing the prorated and you're already getting paid for only the games you play. They're already missing out on however many games, if it's 50, 60 to um, 70 games that you're not getting any pay from to then take that um, percentage of games and then cut it down even more. I think that's definitely. But um, I think one thing for the players to I think I'm putting more blame on the players is that they're asking for more games. I think that's one of the problems I'm seeing is that a lot of places, even colleges now, some colleges are starting school early to try to miss the second wave that's supposed to be um, coming of the coronavirus in uh, late or early winter, um, around November, December, maybe even October. So I think that uh, the, the best compromise, I think, would be you keep the shorten i would say shorten season um then you don't have to deal with if you get your like seventy games into the season and then they're like there's gonna there's and it starts spiking and you're gonna have to cancel but you still have whatever if if what was the first was it one hundred fourteen games was the first proposal that was the
0: players the players the yeah that was the players the pros, the oh pros, yeah pros.
2: yeah the play so like You have the 114. You're only on like 70 games, and then you have to cancel the season again, and then all that work you've put in is all. um, So I think I think the best solution would be they get paid full amount for a shortened amount of games. I think that would be the. If I were to choose, I would say okay, because what's what's the smallest amount the MLB has
1: proposed? 89. Yeah, well, it would be the proposal that's going through today with, like, 82. Seven, I think it's even 70-something the MLB
0: proposed.
1: Or whatever John Hyman said.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I think... I think... Uh, for me, at least... Yeah, I think both... I think both sides are... Obviously, both sides. But... I do kind of think that... The owners are underestimating... How... Many... Fans are willing to leave the game for good because of if the season gets canceled. I think that the owners are underestimating the long-term financial hit that they will take if they have no baseball this year. Yes, I do think there should be less games played. I do think the owners are right with that. I think it's ridiculous that the players are proposing over 100 games. There's no way that should happen, but I do think the owners should offer full prorated pay. It's only fair to the players. It's only fair uh, to the players who are doing the same thing, and I think it would benefit them long term because yes, you're going to take a hit, but you know what? This is business. You There are risks involved when you invest in a business, and this is one case where you know, you pay the price for uh, that risk of investing in a sports franchise, especially because and I, I think another reason especially where you have to you know figure out a way to play other leagues are coming back and you know they're like like we talked about Chris in a previous episode, MLB is losing its monopoly that it usually has over the summer months because uh, baseball or sorry hockey, and basketball now are going to be having their playoffs, even uh, next season. They're, they're, they're shaping up for next season to start around December. So next season's going to run into July and August. And by that time, the NFL's back up again. So I think it really is crucial, uh, especially for the owners, because the players have said that they are unwilling to budge on anything less than 100% pro-rated pay. No matter how many games you offer, they're not willing to have 100% or to have less than 100% uh, pro-rated pay. So I think Andrew's compromise, which is what I was thinking up uh, before you said it, where you get around 70 70 games 100% pro-rated, sounds good to me. Let's let's get the show on the road and let's play
1: ball. See, but if you're a player... Right. Because here's my issue with that. If you're a player, especially... Let's say a starting pitcher. You realistically only pitch... What? Once every five days. Right? Right. Okay. So if you have a shortened season... Let's just take... This newest proposal... Of 72 games. Okay? So you're only going to get, what? 13 starts? I mean... If you're a pitcher, a starting pitcher, looking for a payday, let's say like your contract's up and, and you're looking you're looking to get paid here, you know, thirteen games, like that's not a lot to prove yourself. Um especially, you know, when in a regular season what you're gonna get twice that, you're gonna get, you know, almost thirty starts. Um, if not more, depending if your team makes a postseason and to only have 13, you know, I think from like a player's perspective, I understand, you know, the second wave concerns and you know, they still have to play an entire season, well, you know, the other two leagues right now just have to play postseason or games to get into the postseason and then the postseason. But from a player's perspective, you know, you're going to lose out on, on a lot of games. And like i said if it's a contract year or, or whatnot um that's a hard bargain is to to accept and not to mention as well that that with the extra i see see this is a catch-22 because i can see why the players want more games right but then you have the second coronavirus concerns right and then like no one and then ryan you and i kind of discussed this on a previous episode that a lot of these leagues make their tv revenue on playoffs right and then if you have to cancel the playoffs for an unforeseen reason like that's going to be disastrous i mean and then we we'll get getting i think we're about to get into manfred's comments I mean this is such a complicated situation. Right? Cuz the players aren't happy, the owners aren't happy, the commissioner's about to even uh, executive order this entire thing. Um you know there's threat that even if you do play a season, you know you may not you may not get it in, which would just be wasting a ton of money on all fronts. Um So, you know for a compromise? I don't know. I think I would try at least for 81 um I don't know if you could do it I think you could at least try but then I I would agree with you guys that you run the risk of um of not finishing the season which would be disastrous but again not having a season is disastrous so maybe maybe you play um a season with lesser games and and try to do it that way but I just think that's going to leave a lot of people unhappy. Especially coming from the players. Yeah,
2: I definitely think they need to um, do something to get baseball back. It's definitely a. With. Especially being the sport right now that is the least contact of the. Um, if you want to say even soccer soccer, hockey, basketball, football, other than baseball, it's the one with the least amount of contact. Um, lots of states right now you're, are allowing baseball and softball travel seasons to come back under like certain guidelines. I know my sister actually played in a softball tournament last week um, that they had to have certain guidelines because it's outside. You're not coming in contact with – much of the other team, really, just your own team. Uh, I think what they did is they had to have um, four. They could have. They have to have social distancing in their dugouts. They could only have certain people in the dugouts, like the current batters. Everyone else had to be outside on the bleachers. Um, they had to change out the baseballs, so like you use the the or the softballs. The opposing pitcher would and the field or the fielding team would use their softballs. And then once they get three outs, they take all the softballs off the field and then bring in a brand new batch from the other teams and then play with those. So they're, so baseball is definitely the one where it would be the easiest to, well, not the easiest, obviously, but it would be, it'd make the most sense to be able to bring it back because basketball, everyone's touching the same ball. Everyone you're playing defense football. Everyone's touching the same ball. You're, you're tackling people. So to have baseball be the sport, it's definitely discouraging to see. This would be the one, especially when it's summertime. This is the sport that you would think would be have been the first one to come back, especially when they didn't even start their season. So. Yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely hard. It, it'll be interesting to see what the virus does if there will be a second spike if it will be a spike but there won't be as many they'll have better treatment options so it won't be as because um, i know just in the amount of time from like march what was it like 13th or middle of march when we got the when school got canceled to now the amount of treatment has grown exponentially to help people
0: indeed plus there's other factors, like, uh, uh, some, some say it's mutating to be less deadly, or, there's all kinds of these things. Like, I think, you know, I definitely think there could be a possibility for a second wave, but who knows how bad that's gonna be. Um, hopefully it's not as bad, but, um, if so, that would just be bad luck, um, in spite of advancements that we have made.
2: I definitely think that they need to I think they need to be cautious about the second wave, but I don't think they need to they they shouldn't be putting all of their trust on their not being one or their being one, I guess. Oh definitely
0: agreed. Yeah. We agree. yeah. definitely no, obviously. Th-
2: you definitely obviously,
0: need- folks at home, we're not medical professionals, so yes. don't. I always like to offer that disclaimer. Uh, we're not doctors. We're not experts. This is just a couple sports fans talking about sports stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's. So yep. Yeah, uh. Any, I, I don't know if there's anything more to say on the proposals except for um, we've alluded to this earlier in the podcast several times but I think it's time that we uh, have a conversation about it um, Andrew, you got some options or Chris, you got some sources popped up why don't we start our third and final segment of the Pittsburgh Sportscast today
2: so, a few days ago I think it was, was it two days ago that Manfred?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think it was, it was two
2: cool. days ago. Yes, it was right but before two, the draft. Two days ago, Manfred um, basically went on air and said, or on record, and said he's 100% sure which is, that's pretty sure, <laughs> that there will be a baseball season in 2020. Um, So he he has the ability um to basically go in and s- cuz the commissioner is the in between person between the ml um the players association and the league so he could be able to come in and say okay i am overriding both of your proposals this is what's going to happen i'm not su- i'm sure there's some way that the players association or the ml or like the owners could come in and say they don't want to do this and they can veto it basically because a lot of pro sports will have kind of the same um way the government is run is you might be able to put an executive order but there's checks and balances to so one person can't just make all the decisions basically but i think uh, he he's calling. He called it the nuclear option at one point, which would be a shortened season. One one source even said only fifty games, regular season games, and then a few, and then a certain. I don't know. I don't think he ever mentioned playoffs. But I think somewhere around that.
0: fourteen or sixteen teams.
2: Yeah, we don't. So, it's not
0: finalized yet because no one expected this
2: yeah so he said he's close to he hasn't even made like a full one but he's it's still in development on what he would exactly do but um, one of his quotes was if we don't get an agreement real soon this is going to be ugly real ugly and it's just going to get worse and I think of all the things with this I think he's Spot on with that statement. Is that I think if there is no season, um, well, one, the owners are gonna, owners are gonna lose money, players are gonna lose money, people lose money. No one's happy about that. And then I think it also will really hurt um, baseball coming back, especially seeing if other. It'd be one thing if, say, the NFL and the NBA and NHL don't play this year at all. They all just are like, okay, we're not going to deal with it. We're not going to try to do anything. We're just going to start 2021, 2020 se- seasons. They never even happened. Basically.
0: Null in void as they say over in
2: England, <laughs> but to have all these sports working around it and actually starting to have some success, bringing it back. It'll be interesting to see how the NBA and NHL um, how their um, comeback seasons work and as well as college and NFL starting up in the um, fall if it does start. But I think it'll definitely be a huge hit to the MLB um, for a fan base that's... um, I definitely think there's not as many people who are avid baseball fans as... I guess. I don't know. Definitely. I I think I've, I've been hearing more comments. I mean, I don't know everyone in America, obviously, but I definitely been hearing more comments of baseball's boring. Oh, I don't really like watching baseball. I'd rather watch something else. Ah, Baseball's okay. Not a big fan of baseball. I don't know anything about baseball. I think that's definitely (laughs) one more thing is people like a lot, like people know, um, they know who LeBron James is. They might know who like Bryce Harper is and Mike Trout, but there's not a lot of people who know MLB superstars. Like they probably know Derek Jeter, but Derek Jeter's retired. They probably exactly. like That's so, the whole, That's been the whole comment. Like even in the
0: past like 20 25 years, like 20 years ago, it was just like football and basketball. Twenty years ago, you could recognize, hear people recognize Ken Griffey Jr. on the street, and you know people who recognize Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, uh, those guys. Nowadays, you only have uh, two people at most that you'd be able to recognize. Uh, the average sports fan even could recognize on the street, and you know. I, I'm honestly worried for the future of baseball, um, especially if there's no 2020 season. Because you know, people say it's the national pastime. People say it's never gonna go away. But here's the thing: sports can and do go away. Uh, the 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 analogy I always like to make is: 50 years ago, any sports fan would be ashamed or couldn't call themselves a sports fan if they didn't know who the heavyweight champion of the world was nowadays nobody knows who the heavyweight champion of the world, world is or at least relative to back then so things can change and hopefully in baseball's case they don't
1: okay. I, think, well, I think. I think we have some issues here right I think we have we have some issues obviously um going back to Manfred's comments um, going back to Manfred's comments, I think, I think MLB could be in an extremely dangerous situation because why? Why? Because worst case scenario, the the players slash owners strike, right? Because I think they both have the potential to strike, so. Worst case scenario is owners last players strike, and there's no season. So not only is there no season, you have an active strike that's happening within the league, um, which then goes issues beyond coronavirus, right? Because then you got like the owners saying stuff, then you have Manfred who's trying to get his thing, then you got the players saying stuff, you got one side striking. I mean, it it could be a messy, messy, messy situation because let's we were coronavirus, you know, may screw up this season or whatnot, but they could get it back. I mean, if if like players and owners go on strike, you're looking at issues that may be going on into 2021, 2022, exactly. right? Which would be disastrous. Yes,
0: the CBA, I remember, expires after 2021.
1: See, and so I don't even know that. That's a good point. So you could, realistically, worst case scenario, and we're going to pray this doesn't happen, but you could have no 2020 season with an active strike going on and then the CBA runs out. So tr- try bargaining a new CBA with an active strike. ...and a 2020 season already being cancelled. Like, could you imagine the consequences to that? Like, I'm struggling to... ...to see the cost. I mean, I mean this, like I said, there's... ...a realistic op- chance... not opportunity, realistic chance that this could go into 2022... ...and a realistic chance that if a strike does happen... We missed two seasons of baseball, 2020 and 2021, because if, if they can't figure out something and, t- and someone goes on strike, is canceled, and then the CBA runs out, and then 2021's canceled.
0: And by that time, people have found something else to do with their time, whether it be an NBA season that runs into August, or an NHL season that runs into August, or soccer, or something else lacrosse is on the rise too Jeez, there's m- more competition by that time it's all hope will be lost and I really don't want to think about what happens if the players decide to strike or the owners lock the players out gosh I'm, pr- I'm praying
2: that something happens I will say that um, I think in the end I mean this could be years down the road. I think the MLB will be fine no matter what happens in the situation. I think there's enough um fans of baseball and there's still kids coming up through um playing baseball and I think there's still demand for baseball either way. Um so I, I think the MLB in the end, whether, whether or not we, you could have one, two, maybe even three seasons, um, 2020, 2021, 2022, affected by the um, disagreements between the players and the owners. It might be a different sort of league coming out in the end. Um, But I think that it, the demand is down. But I think I also think there is a demand going down for all sports there's a like i know and especially like schools around us there's a lot of kids that don't play sports whereas um 10 years ago you played a sport in the fall the winter and the spring so i think there's a i guess travel there is still travel baseball is really big in america i think that's growing um I think baseball's still growing around the world more. Um, you oh, still definitely. have lots of the Latin America, South America. Baseball is very big. Um, Japan, Korea baseball leagues are still very big. So I think that um, ba- the demand for baseball is still there. I don't think the demand for baseball. It just will be interesting if there will be a demand for the MLB.
0: That's true. We could we could see like an X. We could see an XLB maybe rise from the you know the fans' outrage towards Major League Baseball. I mean, we saw uh, unfortunately before it was cut short by COVID. We saw how successful the XFL was. So maybe we could see something like that with baseball. Uh, who knows what? The future will hold. But obviously, we do do not want to see the season canceled. That would be a travesty. Um, Manfred says that won't happen. Um, Although, I will say, if if, if it is Manfred that launches the nuclear option and it is something that the players and owners will both go with, um, I do think that should help his standing because... uh, you'd be rare to find someone that has anything positive to say on the commissioner of baseball right now um so i guess good for him if he manages to step in and get it done but i think this nuclear option could cause more trouble than it alleviates honestly
2: i i think one more thing to say with the um losing the fan base i think um I think... I guess I have an extreme bias, so I'd be the wrong person to have an opinion on the situation. But... Towards baseball. But I think, like... If they had a MLB game right now, like, I would be watching it on TV. Like, I just want to watch baseball on TV. um, American baseball. I want to see the Yankees just play a baseball game. I don't care if it was... In a random field, not even in a the stadium, they could have someone filming it with a iPhone. I would watch that game on TV right now. So, I think that the larger fan, like hardcore fans that um watch, I would say at least eighty percent of the baseball games on TV or go to the stadium. I think those people are still craving baseball, and if there was baseball on TV today, they would be watching it. So I think it would be more The um, fans who are kind of on the fence They might watch baseball sometimes They might go to a few games A year um, Or every every few years I think those are the fans That would be the ones that would be lost If This were to happen Missing multiple seasons Because of disagreement But Yep it
0: is Obviously, another frustrating rant about baseball. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this up?
1: Um, just some, some other side notes uh, from other Pittsburgh sports. Um, nothing new on the Steelers front. Oh, there's one thing. Um, training camp will not be held in St. Vincent for the first time in 50 years. Um, training camp will be held at their uh, usual regular season. Uh, Southside practice facility. They're going to have it at Heinz Field, actually. Oh, yep. Um, So some news there knows that there will be no open practices for obvious reasons. Um, If you're a veteran fan of the Steelers, you know that they like to have open training camps where you can come meet the players and all that. That will not happen this year. Um, Some Penguins news. Um, the majority of the players have returned to the ice at the UPMC, um, sports complex facility in Cranberry. Um, training camp has an official date of July 10th. Um, so it's looking, we're getting closer to hockey, um, day by day here. We got a training camp date set. We got, um, players such as Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jay Gensel, Chris Latane, Matt Murray have all returned to skating at the penguins facility so hockey is well on its way to getting back um like i said training camp has been moved for the steelers that's it on the football front and we we discussed all things baseball so that's it
2: i will say one final comment on baseball is um bringing it bringing up nfl and um would be baseball has more m- many more games than the other sports so there's a I think like for me I've I've never actually been to a Steelers game I've only watched them on TV I think because NFL has a shorter season tickets are much more expensive um I think the NFL will be okay no matter what happens because their fan base is so much already oriented on TV, where I think the MLB is definitely a sport that draws a lot more money from the fans coming in. I think the NFL will be okay if they don't have fans in the stands and it won't affect them as much as it would the MLB.
0: Agreed. Yes.
2: Uh, so,
0: with that, uh, special thanks to Andrew for joining us here. Always glad to have uh, special guests here on the Pittsburgh SportsCast. Thank you very much, Andrew. Yep, thanks for having me, it was a lot of fun. All right, and uh, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Leave a comment below if you are watching this on YouTube, if you have any questions, comments, or uh, concerns. Um, You can also listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google, and a myriad of other options, which I have not bothered to mention. If you have questions you can also email us Pittsburgh Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can email us your questions and comments. We might be able to answer them on the air for you. But uh, until next time for Andrew and Chris, this is Ryan signing off episode 7 of the Pittsburgh Sports cast. We'll see you next time. Oh, mm-hmm.